finding suitable mental health medications can be a challenge. The GeneSight test may help. Did you know that genetics can play an important role in gaining insight on how a person may respond to various medications? Understanding this may help reduce medication trial and error. GeneSight is a genetic test that analyzes variations in DNA. It shows how genes may affect someone's metabolism or response to medications commonly prescribed to treat depression, anxiety, and other mental health conditions. Visit GeneSight.com for more information. This is The Jerry Callahan Show. Man, what an ass kicking that was, as I predicted, as I expected. Uh, Ted Cruz went on The View and took it to the cackling hens and their audience. I don't ask for much, you know. I just want more politicians like Ted Cruz, who welcomes the fight, brings it to them, kicks their ass, laughs at them, mocks them. We got the sound. We got the video. Um, an MSNBC panel didn't didn't uh, respond the way their uh, hack MSNBC host hoped for when she asked these uh, Pennsylvanians, these people from Pittsburgh, about January sixth. They just won't play along. <laughs> NBC hates that. Hillary Clinton says the Republicans are going to steal the election. I was reliably informed, informed that that was treason that that was overthrowing our democracy, casting doubt on our electoral process here. But uh, I'm hoping, you know, I'm hoping they have some kind of plan to steal the election. But uh, we will see Ron DeSantis, speaking of ass kicking, kicked uh, Charlie Crist's ass. And uh, the media was hoping for a big moment, a uh, big takeaway from this. They tried. They tried. They said the uh, audience was chanting refried beans at, at Chris running mate. Turns out that was a lie. Uh, and uh, the New England Patriots get steamrolled by the Chicago Bears. And both their quarterbacks absolutely uh, coughed up a uh, fur ball here on the Foxborough field. It was shocking. I have to say, I... I was shocked to my core twice this weekend, once again, uh, affirming why I just should not gamble. I'd have lost it all this weekend. I can't believe what we saw last night. We will discuss and debate Zappy versus Mac Jones. And uh, is this uh, Patriots team going to have to like tank for a top draft pick? Man, that disappeared quickly. We'll get into that and a lot more on today's Callahan Show brought to you by MyPillow. We love MyPillow. Just go to MyPillow.com and use code word Jerry for huge discounts. For example, the standard MyPillow, which is normally $69.98, is only $19.98 with code word Jerry. MyPillow is made in the USA and comes with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. It's machine washable and dryable. It's the most comfortable pillow you'll ever sleep on. Get it now and you can support this show. Because like us, Mike Lindell is constantly under attack from the cancel culture mob. By purchasing from MyPillow, not only are you helping out us, but you're joining in the fight against the cancel culture crowd. MyPillow isn't in big box stores for obvious reasons, so you can get factory direct pricing if you order from MyPillow.com using code word Jerry. You get the Giza sheets, buy one, get one free, half off slippers, six piece towel sets, regular $109.99, just $39.99 with code word Jerry. That's MyPillow.com, promo code Jerry. Right, we will get to that stunning, shocking Patriots game that I witnessed last. That's you know, 
I say this all the time. And it's a good, it's a good uh, question in my mind is what were you doing last night? If you weren't watching this Patriots game, I mean, you don't have to be a Patriots fan or a bears fan or even a football fan, but that is why sports is just so it can be so great. You think, you know, what's going to happen. There's very few things in life like that where you just think, you know, what's going to happen. You think, you know how it's going to turn out and it just, it just takes a turn and it's exactly the opposite of what you were expecting. I know some people pick the bears, but nobody picked the bears to, to put up 33 to, 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 to uh, gain almost 400 yards against the Patriots and the Patriots play both quarterbacks. Tom, uh, Bill Belichick panics, makes a QB change and it doesn't work out. We'll get to that. But first, uh, there was just so many other entertaining things that uh, entertaining uh, fights. Uh, I think Jesse Kelly said this was like watching Mike Tyson fight Stephen Hawking's watching Ted Cruz go on the view. The view is what four or five women. If you with a total IQ of about 16, if you combined all their brain power and put it in a bird, it would fly backwards. They could not, uh, I guess I give them credit for having Ted Cruz on their show, but uh, the idea that they could have a debate, that they could handle their, they could hold their own against Cruz, a brilliant debater, perhaps the best in the Senate. Alan Dershowitz once said uh, Cruz was the best student he ever had at Harvard Law, and he disagreed with everything Ted Cruz said. But he's humping a book, and he is fearless. You know what he did the night before he went on The View? Do you know, Ironhead? Yeah, he was right behind home plate at the Astros game. Yes, he was at the Yankees-Astros game wearing Astros orange or whatever that that is, rooting for the Astros, just getting heckled and probably getting spat upon. And he just smiled and and then and, and you know waved at the the Yankee at the bitter angry Yankee fans. He was there to watch his Astros complete the sweep. That takes some balls. I've been to Yankee Stadium to go in there just wearing uh, uh, enemy garb is dangerous. But being Ted Cruz and going there into the belly of the beast and rooting on the team that eliminated the Yankees that takes some guts. He made it out alive. He he survived to do his appearance on The View. And he knew. He knew he w- what he was up against. A bunch of brainless, emotional, knee-jerk liberals led by Joy Behar and Whoopi Goldberg. He knew it would be a hostile crowd because these are, again, just a bunch of really stupid people who don't understand the issues, who operate strictly on emotion. I love this. I love, I mean, I know lots of people hate Ted Cruz, but you got to give him credit for balls. I wish they all had guts like this. I wish someday I had somebody, uh, some elected representative who had guts like this and, and was willing to fight. I, I, I tweeted about it and I got some, you know, some response and a couple of people are like, you know, why did he do it? Didn't he know that they hated him? Yes, of course he knew. Of course he knew it was going to be uh confrontational of course he knew it could get ugly but he did it anyway i mean they weren't gonna beat him up unlike the yankee stadium crowd i don't think the view crowd was a threat to his physical safety i mean they might throw tomato soup at him or you know spit on him but he knew he would survive and he knew he was up against a bunch of a bunch of emotional idiots children who, who uh, and we'll get to it, who, who talk about climate every day, as one of the hosts says, we do climate every day when the, 
when the crowd, the audience started screaming about climate change and Ted Cruz knew there was just no issue on which he could not kick their ass in a debate. But I guess I should give the view credit for having them on. I mean, do you think MSNBC, any of their hosts, Joey Reid or, or, uh, you know, Chris Hayes is going to have them on. No, they're afraid of Ted Cruz. He's scary. That's why, that's why I'm so excited about this election cycle and the next two years, because finally it feels like we have some fighters on our side. Finally, well, I, I know Mitch McConnell's still around. Lindsey Graham, that's snake. Mitt Romney, that's snake. They're still around, but this younger generation is full of fighters, America first fighters. And, you know, Ted Cruz leads the way. He's obviously been around a while, but Carrie Lake, and we can get to Carrie, the lovely Carrie Lake, she loves the fight. She's in it for the fight. She loves nothing more than taking on a dumb, brain-dead reporter you know, who learned everything he, he knows at uh, Columbia Journalism School and does not know how to go toe-to-toe with a sharp mind like Carrie Lake. Bring it on. I love this. We, you know, we'll get to DeSantis and Christ. He, he likes the fight. He knows he's good at it. He's smart, just like Ted Cruz. I could see a guy. I could see, I mean, Carrie Lake, I think, volunteered to go to On The View, asked them to have her on, but they're really afraid of her. I mean, they, it's one thing to take on a you know middle-aged guy who's really smart, but a woman, I mean, that is the, they, they, they hate the thought of a really smart, conservative women, woman who will kick their ass in a debate. But uh, Ted goes on, he's pushing a book. Um, he knows they're going to ask, you know, the usual crap about January 6th and insurrection. And maybe, you know, they'll get the climate change and Trump and all their usual talking points. He doesn't get three words out of his mouth when the morons in the audience start, you know, waving their, whatever their flags and screaming about climate change. Is that not the first sign of just an empty skull that all you care about is climate change? Do you think the world's going to end because AOC told you it was? How stupid do you have to be to think the world's going to end if we don't stop fossil fuels just, just here in the United States, in Western Europe, not India and Africa, Russia, China. We don't, you know, we don't want to think about that. We just want to stop fossil fuels and save the earth. I mean, it's just so simplistic and moronic, but that's what we got. That's, that's how our children are being indoctrinated in high school and college, being told that oil is evil. It's the key to success and prosperity in the, in the world, but uh, they're being told it's evil. You must get rid of it and go back to living like primitive people. So when uh, they get their chance, they will disrupt things. They'll throw, they'll throw mashed potatoes on priceless paintings and they'll, they'll defile, deface statues of King Charles, one of their staunchest allies. But Hey, no one said they were thinking this thing through. They're just reacting emotionally, viscerally to what they've been told by their communist professors. Um, but Ted goes on, doesn't even get a chance to begin, and they start screaming about climate change, and he just laughs at them. He waits them out, laughs at them, and gets back to the debate. It was glorious, and uh, I guess I should give the the hens, the cackling hens credit, because they kind of berated, scolded their audience members who disrupted things and wanted, wanted to get back to 
getting their ass kicked by Ted, which was good. But uh, let's watch some. Let's listen to some of Ted Cruz in the belly of the beast in New York City, sitting down with the ladies of the view. Go ahead. It's always like it's, teenagers. You notice that? Yeah, of course. They're dumb. They're, they're, simp- they're just stupid kids. Uh, but that's the actual video from Extinction Extinction Rebellion or Extinction New York Rebellion. That's the organization that does all this, that does all the you know defiling, defacing, priceless art in the name of climate change. I guess we have to deal with these brats uh, you know, uh, regularly because uh, you know, they started in Europe. They started in England and they're, they've come here and they'll continue to disrupt things and vandalize, you know, because they're because oil is killing. It's just so stupid. But uh, let's get to Ted with the ladies. Uh, when they finally dragged those brats out, they get to talking about uh, violence, you know, the insurrection. And we'll get to my favorite insurrection story of uh, of recent memory. We'll get to that from MSNBC. But this is Ted. Uh, trying to have a conversation, trying to have a debate with the girls. Let's watch. Try to say the election was fair and square and legitimate. You know who y'all don't do that to? You don't do it to Hillary Clinton, who stood up and said Trump but stole the election. You don't who said that the election was stolen. They sat here yes, and said it was illegitimate, right. and, and, it and was. you guys were fine with it. Okay, so, so, so it's illegitimate did, did when Republicans she, did, win, did, but not when Democrats win. No, won. you know, here's the thing. We may not like when Republicans win, but we don't go and we don't storm. We don't try to change what... Did I miss an entire year of Antifa riots where cities across this country were burning and, and police cars well, were being yeah, firebombed? You Your position is the left doesn't engage in violence, really? No, they wanted to. I'm our friend Mike Pence. We like, didn't how do we do, make you sense just of accused that? us of doing something we didn't do. You said Hillary Clinton didn't say whatever she didn't say. I'm saying to you, listen. And she said, we sitting here and you we were fine come, with her saying it was illegitimate come, yes, for, for Republicans her it was. to win. She called so Donald Trump the next opinion. morning and yeah. she conceded the election, Ted. Okay. Took the Look. Call. She sat there while oh, while Donald Trump Hillary was getting Clinton sworn says in. Trump is an illegitimate Two president. Hillary Clinton right. says the it's election is stolen from you. Hillary Clinton in 2002, George W. Bush was oh, selected, not elected. Paperwork. Joe Biden, <laughs> Al Gore was was elected president. So Joe Biden yeah. claims George W. Bush is illegitimate. They don't know what to do with him. A couple things. Whoopi says, I don't know what an Antifa riot is. Does she is she serious? I, I believe it. She lives in a bubble. It's a company line. Yeah. Woman, <laughs> the other broad there on the right, the uh, the alleged conservative. What's her name? Fat Farah. She says they were trying to hang Mike Pence. I have I have no tolerance for hang Mike Pence. That's just such a silly canard. Yeah, they were going to hang him. They had a a noose and a and they had a, they got to drag him outside and murder Mike Pence. Shut up. You know that's made up. Just and I guess it works when you have an audience and a panel who have you know who are just brain dead idiots. I mean, you could say they were going to drag my punts and hang him and overthrow the government because 
you know, they, they didn't have any weapons. They didn't have any guns. They, you know, they, they had, had cameras and, and, and phones. And one guy had Viking horns. They were going to overthrow the government. I mean, you really believe that? You, you really think that? I guess, you know, that's when you look at the polls and you see Fetterman's leading or tied and you see Katie Hobbs is within like three. That's who's voting for these. Kate, Kathy Hochul. Every day I wonder who the hell's voting for these people. Well, there you go. The panel is as stupid as the audience. I don't know what an Antifa riot is. It's different when Hillary Clinton says it. Oh, it is. I guess I guess so. But you know what? People aren't buying that. I uh, Obviously, the, the media's selling it. The media's peddling it. I, I laugh. Uh, we'll, we'll get, uh, let's get to this. We'll do Hillary and then we'll do the MS, MSNBC panel, which is just my favorite, my favorite video of the week. It has to be, uh, it's, it's hilarious. But uh, this, this broke, I believe, last night. It's on, it's some yes. group. It broke after what. the view was like, they don't deny elections. <laughs> That's true. I mean, you gotta drop it to my friends on the left. You gotta drop this election denial thing. We went over this uh, last week. The Washington Post had a big story. Um, they had the polls, the numbers. More people think the media is a threat to democracy than the Republicans. It, it just Excellent. isn't working. I know it's a strategy. I know it's been organized between the media and the Democrats, the Democrat, which is essentially one and the same. They, they've organized a strategy. They've decided to go with it. Let's tell people Republicans are a threat to democracy. We won't explain what that means. We'll just say they're a threat to democracy and they're going to overthrow the government and they're election deniers. They literally do that every day, all day on MSNBC. Talk about how there are some election deniers who might get elected and their guys, all of them, all of them denied the election in 2016. Many of them, at least the ones who were old enough, denied it in 2000, including Joe Biden and Hillary Clinton. They're icons in, in, in the party. They all, if they lose, they deny the result of that election. It's been going on for years. They just decided it's a method. It's a strategy to defeat Republicans by calling them election deniers that's 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 all well and good, but it isn't working. It's failed. It's a failed strategy. They they have three things they're talking about: election denial, January sixth, and and abortion. That's it. These are not top priorities of most voters. That is why we're looking at a red tsunami two weeks from today. But you have to see this video to look in her eyes. It is remarkable to me that Hillary Clinton was almost president. Uh, she has, she is just a dark, sinister presence. She really is. You could see, I know it's been joked about that the Hill, the Clintons killed people and they hanged uh, Jeffrey joke. Epstein. I, you know, I'm not saying they did. I'm not saying they didn't. I don't know. But uh, look at this person and tell me she wouldn't absolutely kill her own grandmother if she were alive to, uh, to, to gain power. I mean, this is a power drunk, mad unhinged old lady so bitter about the 2016 election she will do anything i mean she would do anything if she were in some banana republic she would have her opponents killed you know she would do what it takes to overthrow the government this is a woman without a a a, a, a shred of morality or decency amazing to me that whatever it was 50 60 million people voted for her and millions would again 
it's mind-boggling. I mean, at least with Biden, I mean, he's he's a liar and he's a crook, but you feel like he's, you know, just a just a kind of you know an old an old guy, a decent old guy. I, I mean, I don't, but I. How could anybody look at this person and said, "Yes, she has, she has compassion or decency or honor or integrity." She is scary, but I think they put put this out yesterday. Some group she's involved with talking about how illegitimate the election is going to be. If, if her team loses, it's illegitimate. If her team loses, that means the Republicans stole it. No evidence, not a shred of evidence, but she's trying to undermine the confidence, the faith people have in our elections, which I've been told was the worst thing in the world. It's overthrowing, undermining our democracy, casting doubt on our electoral process. Man, she doesn't care. She doesn't give a damn. She's going all in. Watch this from the uh, titular head of the Democrat Party, Hillary Clinton. Hello, Indivisibles. I'm here to highlight something that (laughs) is keeping me up at night. And I know this group really understands what I'm about to say. I know we're all focused on the 2022 midterm elections, and they are incredibly important. But we also have to look ahead because you know what? Our opponents certainly are. Right-wing extremists already have a plan to literally steal the next presidential election. And they're not making a secret of it. The right-wing controlled Supreme Court may be poised to rule on giving state legislatures, yes, you heard me that correctly, state legislatures the power to overturn presidential elections. Just think, if that happens, the 2024 presidential election could be decided not by the popular vote or even by the anachronistic electoral college, but by state legislatures, many of them Republican-controlled. She's just making this up and she's just doing it to cast doubt on the election before it, it, it happens. Like they know they're going to lose. Uh, the Biden regime's doing the same thing. They, they marched Merrick Garland out there yesterday to talk about foreign interference in our elections. They are trying to undermine this election before it happens. That's the strategy. Fortunately, this woman, this, this bitter old lady has no credibility. She remind. I feel like I'm watching you know, one of these people like Matt Ryan, one of these players or, or, or Dan Quinn from Atlanta who never get over a defeat. Like, you know, they never get over that one big defeat. They spend the rest of their life haunted by it. Uh, you know, like uh, Jean Vandevald at the British Open. <laughs> I mean, he choked, she choked. And you know, every night they go to bed and think about how different their life would be if it just... And if they just won that one election or that one game or that one tournament, that's her. She's so bitter. I guarantee you there were there were leaders of the party who didn't want her to do this, at least not before the election. Say everybody, tell everyone they stole it before they even voted. I mean, she's got no evidence. She's just making it up. But man, we dodged a bullet when uh, when Trump. And that's why I'll say we're always we'll, we'll always be grateful to Donald Trump. I do not want him as the nominee in 2024, I do, I'm DeSantis all the way, but we owe him a debt of gratitude. He, 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 he ended the Clinton 
dynasty, the Bush dynasty, and the Cheney dynasty. That's that's quite a legacy. We owe that. We 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 could thank Donald Trump for that. But that is a scary old woman, and uh, she's she's getting ready for the red wave. She'll be on whatever. I, I don't even know if they'll put her on MSNBC and CNN. She sounds so unhinged, but. We shall see. Let's get to uh, my favorite story of the day. Oh, this I've seen this like three times. It makes me laugh out loud. Uh, MSNBC put together a panel in Western Pennsylvania. I believe Pittsburgh area people, uh, regular people, you know, voters probably uh, uh, anticipating the Fetterman Oz showdown. I, I think they, they claim they're uh, Republicans, but uh, they, uh, Sit down with Elise Jordan of MSNBC, and uh, yeah, I think you'll admit these are look like normal people. They look like just average working class people. Sits them down, wants to talk about the issues with the voters, and uh, I don't think it went the way Elise was hoping. She starts by saying, "What about the insurrection?" So as soon as someone mentions the word insurrection, you kind of know where they're coming from. She works for MSNBC. They do this virtually 24-7. It's either Trump and Mar-a-Lago or Trump and whatever, some book, you know, and, and, and January 6th and election deniers. It's all one big campaign to paint the, the Republicans, the, the, their, the, their opposition as, uh, as a threat to democracy. Sits down with these regular people and wants to know just how upset they are by the insurrection and they just do not play along. And by the way, they know more about what happened on January 6th than she does because she's been so brainwashed by, by her employer and her people that who live in her bubble. You know, she thinks cops died that day. Still, how long ago was that? Almost two years. And she still doesn't know the facts of the, the case of, of what happened that day. But Let's watch these people, these normal people, school this this idiot reporter from MSNBC and their uh, and their panel, their focus group. Go ahead. Doug Mastriano was at the insurrection and he was photographed breaching one of the restricted areas. Is that okay? Which area? Because I saw a video where Capitol officers yes. were taking away barriers and unlocking Opening doors. doors. People. So, yeah. I mean, I, they opened the gates. So it shouldn't be disqualifying for an elected official no, no. No. if they participated in January 6th. He didn't, he didn't strike anybody. He didn't hurt anybody. Yeah, and the only one that died was a protester there, not a Capitol police An unarmed officer. female veteran. Which That's the only one that died. That's well, the only one who died. A police officer did die. No. It was a stroke. Attack. That's not. That's not, not on site. Caused by that, that's because right. he shouldn't have been a police officer. It was one woman. So, what shot. do you make though overall of January sixth? I mean, it was watching that footage. It was pretty disturbing. I mean, there were people throwing excrement at the walls, and it was our, you know, it's the Capitol. That it looked a lot true. like Antifa's actions. Yeah, it looked a lot, of, except on a much smaller scale. It looked the same as the Black Lives Matter riots. That's it's what I saw. The similarities to be. Minneapolis burns. Kenosha burns. But so it's okay Waukesha just because burns. just because I, one side that you no. disagree. With, I'm saying okay Antifa infiltrated. It's good for one, it's good for the other. Anybody I don't who see harmed anybody, way. anybody who caused property destruction, that needs to be dealt with. Yeah, but if you're there making side. your voice heard at the right. people's house, no less, yeah. th- I, that's, again, it's a fundamental constitutional right of an American citizen. And people should not be being held political prisoner uh, 
because of it. For misdemeanors. That's East Germany. That's East Germany. Yeah, that's what's scary. It was an actual fiery but mostly peaceful protest. She is stunned, Alicia. What? It was an insert. They were throwing excrement. I have never heard that. That's, that's, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll check. I'll fact check. But this idiot, Elise Jordan, thinks a police officer died that day almost two years after we knew, we learned that no police officer. She's still peddling the same lies. And she is just hoping one of these people said, oh, it's disqualifying. The, the Republican candidate, Doug Mastriano, was there that day. And they think, you can't be at a protest while they're, you know, they, they love the vice president who was bailing out uh, violent rioters, but a candidate who went to a protest and did not broke nothing, hit no one or hurt nobody, didn't get arrested. That guy is disqualifying. That's their hope. That's their, their Hail Mary pass. And as uh, this panel proved, people aren't buying it. They're just not buying it, uh, which is good. That kid with the, uh, with the hat on there, the winter, I mean, he, 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 he's smarter than anyone on MSNBC explaining the situation. If they, if they vandalize the place, if they hit a cop, you know, good luck to them. I mean, they don't deserve 10 years in prison, but they deserve to go to prison. They, the, most of the people who have done hard time, including the QAnon shaman didn't hurt anybody, including Doug Mastriano didn't hurt anybody, didn't break anything. And people at MSNBC don't care. They're their political enemies and they want them put in the gulag. All right. Before we get to our, uh, a recap of Monday Night Football. We got to do. Uh, we got to do a uh, Charlie Crist and uh, DeSantis. Now, this I didn't have quite the interest in this that I do tonight. Tonight, it's Fetterman Oz. I'm just unnaturally excited for this. I know I'm getting my hopes up. Expect gonna, expect I, 35 you know, minutes on that subject tomorrow, everybody. <laughs> right. You know what's going to happen? I'm going to sit here tomorrow. And I'm going to say, man, that sucked. It was. But not, I, I mean, obviously, Fetterman can't win the debate. He's he's incapable. He couldn't win a debate against, you know, Whoopi or any of those brain dead climate change kids. But uh, the bar is so low. I mean, this is like Chicago Bears or, or, or Carolina Panthers times 10. This is expecting if, if, if Fetterman doesn't fall down on his face and like, you know, break his break a, a leg or something. I mean, it, it will be declared a victory. The media has already got the story ready, typed up. Wow. John Fetterman exceeded all expectations. If he survives for an hour, obviously the there's two panelists. They're both network, local network TV people. They're there to help Fetterman. Obviously the, the crowd will be there to help Fetterman. He has a computer to read the questions and the comments, which is amazing. We're enabling a guy who's just not fit for the job. But anyway, that's tonight at eight o'clock. I don't think it's going to be on national TV, but you can find it. It'll be streaming somewhere. I'll be watching. Uh, last night was DeSantis against Chris. This is going to be a blowout. It. Uh, I don't even know why Chris is even trying to unseat DeSantis uh, in the debate. DeSantis killed him. Uh, there was all kinds of, I mean, DeSantis is good at this. He was prepared. He's, he, he, he's you know articulate. He's smart. He's just tough enough. He just knows when to go in with the kill. He knows when to go in with the, with the haymaker. And he did. And uh, by all accounts, I saw a lot of this online and by all accounts, DeSantis just wiped the floor with him. But there were a few takeaways. We have one that's uh, 
that's pretty good. This would be a, a memorable line that he prepared that he that he practiced in front of the mirror a few dozen times. Definitely. And I would say I would say he got it right. But I love the fact that he doesn't want to play. Like DeSant, uh, Chris wants to get him in a, you know, get him in an exchange and he just sits there and says, my turn. Finding suitable mental health medications can be a challenge. The GeneSight test may help. Did you know that genetics can play an important role in gaining insight on how a person may respond to various medications? Understanding this may help reduce medication trial and error. GeneSight is a genetic test that analyzes variations in DNA. It shows how genes may affect someone's metabolism or response to medications commonly prescribed to treat depression, anxiety, and other mental health conditions. Visit GeneSight.com for more information. All right, here I go. And he just, he knocks out this, this old fraud, Chris, who's been, who was a Republican, then a Democrat, then an independent. Now he's a Democrat again. And he's basically just a sacrificial lamb. He's going to take a beating in two weeks and I look forward to it, but uh, let's watch one of the highlights from last night's debate. Ron, you talk about Joe Biden a lot. I understand. You think you're going to be running against him. I can see how you might get confused, but you're running for governor. You're running for governor. And I have a question hey, the for audience. you. You're running for governor. Why don't you look in the eyes of the people of the state of Florida and say to them, if you're reelected, you will serve a full four-year term as governor. Yes or no? Yes or no, Ron? Will you serve a full four-year term if you're reelected governor of Florida? It's not a tough question. It's a fair question. He won't tell you. We did not agree on the candidates asking each other questions. Time? Governor, it's your turn. Well, listen, I know that Charlie's interested in talking about 2024 and Joe Biden, but I just want to make things very, very clear. The only worn out old donkey I'm looking to put out to pasture is Charlie Chris. <laughs> That's, it was so well rehearsed and prepared, but I don't care. It was good. And I love the fact <laughs> he's reading he it. <laughs> Chris is trying to get him ass and he just looks at, is it my time now? Okay. And he just knocks him out. It was, it was just, uh, you know, a, a TKO early on, but it was fun. There were a lot of lines like that. DeSantis is, is good at that, but here's my favorite story from the debate. Obviously they hate DeSantis. They want to ruin him. In fact, there was a hilarious story yesterday. I tweeted out, I, I think we mentioned it, uh, where they had uh, a story about DeSantis when he was a kid, like in high school and college. He went on a date with a woman and he miss. he thought it was, he, they went for Thai food and he thought it was pronounced thigh. That's it. That's it. And he, and he didn't, uh, he disagreed with the girl or the woman. She said, oh no, you're wrong. And he said, no, it's thigh. And she said, it's Thai. That's the level of desperation we're going to reach with DeSantis. God, I can't wait for the next couple of years. Uh, obviously, smart guy, Harvard Law, Navy man, good-looking, beautiful wife, great-looking family. They got nothing on him. If they had anything, they'd have whipped it out by now. Here's, here's how desperate, and it's going to get funny. It really is. They're going to get when they try to uh, destroy DeSantis, and they will fail. I'm, I'm convinced. Uh, this is uh, this is from Outkick. Um, in the latest example of someone on the left immediately jumping to a conclusion about something that paints Republicans in a bad light, we have Pete Dominic of the Last Week Tonight Show. This is a John Oliver guy, big left winger. The self-proclaimed stand-up comedian was convinced Ron DeSantis supporters were shouting "refried beans" 
at Democrat Lieutenant Governor nominee Carla Hernandez. That's uh, Chris's running mate. Uh, this never happened. The particular event in question was called Keep Florida Free, which were the words that were actually being chanted. Dominic didn't want to believe it. So he convinced himself that they were grown adults screaming refried beans. And he tweeted it out. Uh, and a couple people, a couple other people picked up on it. Uh, he said, uh, oh, he deleted the tweet, but he said, uh, DeSantis supporters shouting refried beans as she was walking into the theater. Sad state of politics. So this moron and a bunch of other people picked up on it and ran with it. Thought the DeSantis were, reporters were chanting refried beans at a Hispanic woman that's on the ticket with Charlie Crist. And then as someone pointed out, you moron, uh, they're chanting, keep Florida free. It's, it's amazing. It's like, it's like the let's go Brandon. Oh, listen, they're saying F Joe. Let's go. So Pete Dominic from last week tonight, that awful show with John Oliver, he says, I deleted my tweet saying DeSantis supporters were chanting refried beans and regret only having one source at the scene before tweeting that they were chanting, keep Florida free. That is incredible. That is incredible. I mean, I realize it's, it's okay. He's, he's on the right side. So the media won't pick up on it or make a big deal out of it, but they, <laughs> they tried, man. They are trying refried beans. What? I mean, even if I don't care if you hate Kristen, hate Carla Hernandez, who the hell would chant that? refried beans. I mean, these people don't think they just react and they hate him viscerally. So they're not going to check it. They're just going to run with it. Get used to it. That's going to be the next couple of years of the media talking about DeSantis. And I was going to get to, it's just a visual, but uh, we've, uh, we'll give you a Waukesha update. If you haven't seen it, Uh, 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 Daryl Brooks got sick of, the looking at the judge, like he's been staring at her, intimidating her, and she's all rattled. And so he, he, you know, he fixed things. He built a box tower in court. This is what a joke this trial has become. I don't even understand why she tolerates any of this. I don't either. Put him back in jail, put him in some rubber room and conduct the damn trial. You know, that's a joke. I mean, he should have been executed six months ago. That's how a civilized society reacts to someone who killed six people, including an eight-year-old child and some dancing grannies. Why do we let the sideshow go on? You really can't. Uh, there's nothing to hear here. Judges just going over some rulings or some rules. And this this psycho killer, Daryl Brooks, takes all the boxes of evidence, puts them on top of each, and hides behind it. <laughs> Oh, I guess I should appreciate the chuckle, but uh, why, why do the victims' families, why do they have to live through this? Why, do, why does she allow this? Anyway, hopefully that'll be over soon. Unfortunately, he will not be executed. He'll get to live, you know, well, the taxpayers will be supporting him for the next, you know, 40 years. He'll get to, you know, watch Monday Night Football, which we'll get to. Uh, let me do Shay, and then we will get to the big QB controversy and the most shocking Football game of all time. All right, I'm just going to say it, of all time. I've never been so shocked in my life, but first. While the parties continue at Shea Concrete, the National Precast Concrete Association and Shea Concrete are presenting precast days in New England. This is a unique educational opportunity to provide students, specifiers, engineers, and contractors, or anyone else interested in the precast concrete industry with an up-close and personal experience at one of New England's 
leading precast concrete plants. It's really just a party. They have food trucks. They have ice cream. You get to tour the place. You get to learn about the precast industry. All you got to do is show up. They're going to have big rig barbecue. The cookie monster. That's my favorite food truck. Those big ice cream cookies. All you got to show up at Shea, one of their plants. We've had a couple of these already. Today, October 25th in Rochester, Mass. You can show up there or you can wait till uh, the 28th. The big one, Amesbury. The main plant in Amesbury on October 28th. Uh, you get plant tours from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. And then you can uh, enjoy the food trucks and hang out and meet people and learn all about the precast concrete industry that we've been telling you about for years. Or, you know what else you can do? You can look for a job. Shea Concrete is always hiring right now. They have between 15 and 20 open positions for all kinds of different people with all kinds of different skill sets. This is a great company, a great place to work. All you got to do is pass a drug test. You can go for more information at shakeconcrete.com. I, I was, I, I can honestly say on a scale of like one to a hundred on how convinced you are about the outcome, the, the, the way a football game is going to go. I was at a hundred with two games this weekend. We picked them both. Uh, we talked about them both. But I was 100% convinced that Brady and the Bucks were going to destroy the Carolina Panthers, who had one win, who had an interim coach, who traded their best player, who were a mess. And they kicked Brady. Brady didn't get in the end zone. They absolutely kicked his ass. That was shocking. Uh, I just saw that, you know, uh, the high, uh, highlights, lowlights on, on Red Zone, uh, on various highlight shows. Last night, I sat down and watched every minute of an even more shocking game. I was 100% convinced that the Patriots were going to steamroll the Chicago Bears, who I thought sucked. The Chicago Bears, who averaged 15 points a game, who were on the road against the Patriot team that had, that had, had been hot, who'd beaten Green Bay, obviously the Lions and Cleveland, were not uh, as tough a test, but they'd shut teams down. Their defense looked good. Their backup quarterback, uh, Bailey Zappi, was 2-0. and uh, Bill Belichick was poised to tie George Hall. I mean, to break the tie with George Hallis on all-time wins against Hallis's old team. It was all set up for a Patriots route. I was so convinced. And what happened? I mean, I, I, I'll say this. I, I, I'm glad I, I don't bet... I, uh, I'd be I'd be broker than Alex Jones if I put money on these games because I would have just I, I, I would have let it ride and I lost. That's why the NFL is so great. That's why sports is so great. I sat shocked in front of my TV for three hours, shocked at what I was seeing. The uh, the the Chicago Bears ran for two hundred and forty three yards. They gained almost 400 yards. They steamrolled. They manhandled the Patriots. It was the last thing I saw coming. They could not stop Justin Fields, who's not a good passer. He's just not. He's a good runner. He's he's a tough guy. He's a smart guy. Uh, he's he's tough. He runs, tucks and runs. But we saw, you know, we saw him throw. We saw him um, make a couple throws, but he missed a few. He completed 13 passes. He got sacked four times. He had an 85 passer rating. He wasn't great on you know through the air. He, he could run, man. He can run. 
And they embarrassed the Patriots in Foxborough on Monday night. I, I cannot tell you how shocked I am. Uh, would you? How about you, Ironhead? You you agree this was just the most mind blowing game you've seen in a while? Well, if you recall, uh, before the game, I predicted the Patriots win by three touchdowns. So yeah, yeah I was me a, too. I was a bit stunned. Uh, but yeah, it's the def- is the defense had one bad game, so I'm not terribly worried about it because they've been pretty solid yeah. up till now. The Carolina Panthers beat the spread by 30. The Patri- uh, the Bears beat the spread by 28. <laughs> it was not close, which is uh, good if you're gambling. You didn't have to sweat it out. But the big story, and it's going to be huge in uh, – it's big nationally because it's the Patriots and uh, the people – People around the country are living for two things. They're living for the demise of Tom Brady and the demise of Bill Belichick and the Patriots. They, but Brady's gone, but they still hate the Patriots. I was watching ESPN this morning briefly, and, and they are loving this. Uh, the panel, the former players, you know, Jeff Saturday and the Marcus Spears. And I mean, I, I don't blame them. They've been watching the Patriots kick ass for so long. Uh, they find this refreshing. They find this uh, watching Brett Belichick and 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 company get humbled. Watching Patriots fans get humbled. This is the uh, Deadspin story. Deadspin hates the Patriots because Brady's white and Belichick's white and Bob Kraft's white and they hate white people. Uh, Deadspin says the headline is: "You mean the guy from West Shit Kicker University wasn't the answer? <laughs> Bailey Zappi ain't the next Tom Brady after all." And they're just the whole story is just celebrating that this this game, and and they they uh, they talk about how how they they say Max Jones Mac Jones has Laffy Taffy for an arm, he does. I mean, it's just it, it, it goes on and on about how, how everything. Just the, the Patriots are just done. They're embarrassing, but. I will say this. I was shocked at the outcome. I was shocked at how effective Chicago was on the ground, how how the Patriots defense defensive line and linebackers just got pushed around, just got manhandled. Um, But I've never been more shocked than watching Belichick yank Mac Jones after one really bad pass. Now I'll give it, give him this. It was a really bad pass. It was stupid. He was falling back. He threw it up for grabs. Their young safety uh, picked it off. It it was a bad decision, a bad throw by a guy, a second year guy who was trying too hard, who was uh, who was pressing and uh, threw that up for grabs. That that was uh, that was stunning to me. Stunning. That was Jaquan Brisker with the pick, I believe. He threw that, and then uh, then he yanked Mac Jones. This puts Belichick in a tough spot because he doesn't like to talk to the media. He doesn't like to reveal anything. And he said, I believe he said it wasn't performance related or health related. So why did you yank Mac Jones? (laughs) What else is there? (laughs) Of course it was performance related. Of course uh, it's, it's unless you think the reason he threw such made such a bad decision was his ankle. Either way, it was either health decision or a performance, but I think it was performance he puts Zappy in and Zappy starts hot and uh, people are texting me saying, oh, this is magical and amazing. And it was briefly. Uh, and he said, this was a th- just one bizarre thing after another with this game. I found that bizarre. Yanking his quarterback after. Uh, after a pick. I think there's 12 minutes to go in the second. 
six throws, three for six, uh, one pick, uh, and he yanks him. Uh, no sacks, yanks him. Zappi only got sacked once. They, they sacked the field four times. Anyway, um, I was shocked to see uh, Zappi in there and see uh, Mac Jones um, yanked. But um, it was performance-related coach or or you know he could say his ankle hurt but i don't think he did it, it, it's embarrassing when belichick tries to tell the media nothing and he uh, kind of backs himself into a corner okay you made this decision it's the biggest story in new england biggest story in the country sports wise right now this morning and he says no it was uh, not like that uh, like okay i understand you hate the media you don't answer him but it's got to be one or the other I was stunned he yanked him that soon. I thought it was a little, you know, rash, impatient, but then Zappi goes in and lights it up and puts him in the end zone. And you say, okay, Zappi's better, or at least, you know, as long as Mac Jones is uh, somewhat hobbled by that ankle, Zappi's better. But Zappi looks better to me. I know everybody is saying, hell, the whole ESPN panel agreed they're going to go back to Mac Jones. I don't agree. I don't know anything. I'll probably be wrong again. But there's they got two quarterbacks, right? Two young quarterbacks. They're both learning. They both made dumb mistakes yesterday. I don't think any mistakes Zappi's made yet in three games is as bad as that throw that uh, Jones made that earned him, that put him on the bench. But there's only one of the two quarterbacks who's been yanked for performance-related reasons, right? The two of them have played this season. Only one of them has forced Belichick to make a change in Belichick's mind for, we believe, performance-related reasons. That would be Mac Jones. And it was quick, and it was, I think, too quick, which means Belichick was pissed, right? Belichick was disappointed. Belichick felt like Mac Jones was not doing what he was, what he was sent out there to do, you know? So that guy in some way, in, in, in a way is in Belichick's doghouse, correct? I mean, that guy screwed up and earned a benching. He was benched. Zappi hasn't been benched yet. And obviously Belichick will say, I got to look at the film. I got to watch practice and all that. But there's something Zappi's doing, something Zappi has done that has earned him um, Belichick's faith and respect to the point where Belichick did something that shocked me that I couldn't believe. Belichick yanked his starting quarterback in the first quarter. That's, you know, that's amazing. So there's something Mac Jones has done and something Bailey Zappi has done that has compelled the coach who's been around for a hundred years to do something. I don't remember him doing. This is not how it unfolded with Brady. Believe me, I was there. Bledsoe was hurt. Bledsoe almost died, but Brady had a good long run and won a bunch of games and earned the job. That wasn't what happened here, but uh, something happened to earn Jones a benching and Zappi a promotion. Whatever that is, is in Belichick's mind. He knows there's something about Zappi that he likes or, and, or something about Jones that bothers him. And he made a change that nobody expected him to make that soon. And then 
talk about unbelichickian, something that you just don't expect. He tells Lisa Salters at halftime, did you watch this, Ironhead? I couldn't believe it. She says, he says both quarterbacks are going to play in the second half. There's no way, go, there's no way that can be true. She's making shit up. I, I thought the same thing. I thought she must be making that up, like misheard him. He mumbled or something, and he just walked away. But she says it, and I, I know Buck and Aikman talked about it a little bit. It's funny. I wanted to be, be more focused in on this game than I usually am on Monday night, and I love the Manning cast, but I watched mostly Buck and Aikman. At the end, when it was a blowout, I watched – the Manning cast with uh, Vince Vaughn and they were, they were funny and they were hoping that the bears would score 40 and they were rooting for him to score at the end. You missed Bill, uh, guys, you missed Bill Burr on there. But I was, you know, fo- it was game night. I was focused in. So Aikman and, and Buck, they were good. Uh, they did a good job. They obviously talked a lot about the big story, this QB controversy. But if we are to believe that Bill Belichick told Lisa Salters that, yes, they're both going to play, which is what she said, see if you can find that. See if you can find her. And I, I want to, uh, obviously, it's the start of the third quarter. She does her little stand-up. There's only one moment where where she gets to be on camera. And usually it's totally useless. Yeah, the coach said they have to run the ball, stop the run, limit the mistakes, stay out of third and long. And you go, whatever, shut up, get off the screen. This case... She says Bill Belichick, who never says anything to these people at halftime, says both QBs are going to play. If this were a college, a high school, you'd say that's a little weird that you not only plan on on uh, both QBs playing, but you announce it to the media. What would it have taken for Mac Jones to play? The coach said after the game, Belichick said that was the plan, but the score got away from us. I understand it's a blowout. You don't want Mac Jones in there. The defense is teeing off on the QB. You're throwing every down and you, you know, you're, you're out of the game, but why would he say that they're both going to play if he actually said it? And what would it take again for Jones to go in for Zappies? Zappi would have to suck and he didn't suck. He just didn't play. <laughs> Let's face it. There were, I mean, the, 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 the uh, it felt like the Bears had the ball all friggin' night. I got the uh, time of possession 37 to 22, 37 to 23 minutes time of possession. Uh, total plays 70 to 48. The Bears had 70 plays, the Patriots had 48. It felt like when things were up for grabs that Zappi had very few opportunities. He had one pick was tipped. Wasn't his, I guess not his fault, although he gets some balls tipped. He's not a big man. I just think they talked about it. Aikman said he's smart. He makes good decisions and his arm is strong enough. And I think that's the case. I think Zappi's the guy, even though, Everybody I've seen, everyone on Twitter, everyone on uh, ESPN is saying Mac Jones is the guy. I feel like Zappi did something to earn that promotion, and that's what Belichick likes, and it's something that he thinks he can build on. He's young, he's learning, he's got no experience, but if he gets his, his reps, I feel like he can do what Belichick is asking to do, make those throws over the middle, make those quick decisions, uh, he, uh, I, I feel like, you know, it's Zappi. Zappi's going to get his chance against the Jets. Both QBs talked to the media, which was weird, and both said nothing. I mean, nothing. 
They're, they're, I mean, it was weird. Mac Jones was asked about when did you, did you hear the zappy chants? And he would, the question, he'd hear the question and then he'd answer something totally different. I just got to be ready to play when I, uh, I want the best for the team. Well, did you hear the zappy chants? I got to do what's best for the team. And you're going, okay, you're a grown man. Can you just pretend you understood the question? But he's a patriot and they're not going to allow it. And I think they're both going to play because they're both going to get hurt. They're both young. They're both trying to prove their, their toughness. They're both going to get hit. There's going to be games that are blowouts where you make a change. They're both going to play and the one of them will win the job. But I think Belichick has more faith right now in Zappi. Just my, my take. What about you, Ironhead? So I like, I think Mac Jones is a more accurate thrower, but he throws a bunch of lollipops which I hate because it gives the defense plenty of time to get under it. Yesterday, Zappi was throwing like 5,000 miles an hour over the over the middle, which I haven't seen in a while, and I kind of liked it. So I don't know. I think um, go with Zappi uh, and let him lose it, I guess. Let Mac heal up. I mean, this is all you're going to hear on talk radio in Boston and all. They're going to have those little polls, yeah. and then we're going to hear that we're going to hear that some source in the building told Ben Volan that <laughs> he wants to be traded, and uh, the season ticket holder was right. No, it was a guy in the season ticket office. Oh, sorry. <laughs> who told Ben Volan that yeah. Mac Jones isn't happy. Oh man, does Mac Jones seem like he feels? Does he seem like a guy who feels like he has the cachet? You know, to make demands of Bill Belichick. No, they're both young. You got a rookie. You got a second year guy. You know, they're just trying to make it in the NFL. They're going to do whatever uh, uh, Belichick says. What do we got for comments? If they tank for a top ten pick, uh, Belichick was a Belichick will just parlay it into five fourth and seventh round picks. He will take the last game of the season off and shop that pick. Um, probably true. They're in last place. Brady and Belichick are both three and four. Brady's in first place. Belichick's in last place, which is pretty funny. Uh, uh, but uh, the Patriots play the Jets. And just think, just a month ago, you were saying the Jets, that's two W's, two wins, as usual. Yep. They're going to be, I mean, Patriots are underdogs against the Jets, correct? Yeah, they are. The Jets check are on that fire. For me. Well, check, check the line for Sunday, Patriots-Jets. And the Patriots obviously are coming off a short week, a little beaten up. This is the sixth double-digit loss at home for the Patriots in the last 17 games. That's amazing. Mm. Uh, um, uh, Justin Fields ran for 74 yards in the first half. That, that I mean, they, they just got run over by a quarterback, so, which is, you don't see. This was like watching uh, Josh Allen. If Josh Allen didn't have a good arm, I mean, Justin Field has a great arm, but I don't get the sense he's very accurate. Aikman pointed that out when he had a guy deep who was open. He just zipped it on a line and overthrew it instead of lofting it up, letting the guy go get it. It was a bad throw for an NFL quarterback. I assume he's still learning, but I thought the Bears were hopeless. The Bears are three and four. The Patriots are tied with the Bears. The Chicago Bears. Yeah. It, uh, this was... This was an amazing loss after you consider the last few games and how good the Patriots looked, how good their defense was, how, how well coached they were, how they, and I guess that Green Bay game, uh, put an asterisk next to that since Green Bay stinks too. They're terrible. Um, 
It's uh, the line switched back. Now the Jets are underdogs by a point. So the Patriots are favored. Yeah, by a point. Wow. Doesn't matter what I think. I don't know what the hell I'm talking about, but uh, you know what? I'm going to go right now. I'm going to jump the gun here and pick the Patriots. You know why? Because I don't freaking know. I don't know. I can never believe the Jets. I can't lose two in a row like that. Oh, man. I don't know. That's (sighs) true. Uh, Patriots defenses uh, always seem to struggle with running quarterbacks. Always struggle with running quarterbacks. I don't know. I always think uh, running, if you're a defense, you love running quarterbacks because you get a chance to hit them. You get a chance to knock them out. Uh, But you're right. Last night, they sure struggled. Some of those plays, you knew he was keeping the ball. You knew he was running. They still couldn't stop him. This was the worst effort against a run offense that I've ever seen from New England. It was just even on the obvious running downs, with it didn't matter who the back was. It didn't matter what the situation was. They couldn't stop him or stop them. And it, it was uncomfortable to watch. And I think everybody, everybody in that, uh, everyone in the stadium, everyone at home, everyone was shocked. I mean, people could say, can say they, they don't, uh, that they saw it coming. I don't believe it for a second. Uh, this is the sideline uh, report if you want to hear it. Good. Let's hear it. I need to know if this really happened. I don't know how I'm going to find out because Belichick is going to tell nobody. You know, it's always good when he goes on the radio because you got to read between the lines. You know what he does when he goes on the radio? He 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 takes it out and he takes a piss on the on the on the desk. That's what he does. He he shows zero respect for anybody who interviews him. The Patriots are favored on this Sunday at the Jets. Yeah, I don't believe that. That's got to change. I That's got to change. I just checked a certain online sports book. It was Patriots. they were they were underdogs when I checked yesterday. And then they face Sam Ellinger and the Colts, and then they have a bye, which they discipline. Then they play the Jets again at home, and then the Vikings. They don't play a team with a winning uh, with a losing record right now until I don't know what it is December December something. The, What's the Cardinals' record? They got a winning record? I believe so. Uh, the Raiders, what's their record? This is a tough stretch, man. They go, after their bye, they go Jets, Vikings, Bills, Cardinals, Raiders, Bengals, Dolphins, Bills. That is a tough stretch. This is not a playoff team, I'm afraid. It's more of a uh, season to see what they got at quarterback, and I'm going to guess, just guess, and I think the odds are against me on this. I'm going to guess Bailey Zappi is under center Sunday at New at the New York Jets at one o'clock. Man, will the Jets love this if they beat up on the Patriots? If the Patriots struggle again, they're just going to enjoy the hell out of this. The Patri- uh, the Jets fans and everybody else. Oh, so the next game against the team with a losing record is the Cardinals, who are three and four. But those that is a tough stretch, a tough schedule. The division is much tougher than than anybody thought. The Jets are certainly tougher than anybody thought. So it looks like it could get ugly. And I guess all we'll be left with is trying to find out whether they have a quarterback. All right, do you have Lisa Salter's report? Yep. Yep. Let's hear it. 
Check in with Lisa Salters. Hey, Joe. Well, Matt Eberflus said that he liked the way Justin Fields responded in that first half. He said, we as a team, we hit some adversity. And then Fields led us on those two scoring drives to end the first half. He said that was big-time growth for Justin Fields, and we are excited about that. As for the Patriots, I asked Bill Belichick what made him ultimately decide to make the quarterback change. And he said that was the plan all along. All along, I asked him if Bailey Zappi would play the rest of the way, and he said no. He and Mac Jones, uh, they will both play in the second half. What? <laughs> she said it. Claire's could be. Uh, he's messing with her, I guess. He's you know obviously hates the hates the media, but there is no way. Two things: there is no way Belichick. I shouldn't say no way he said it. There's no way he thought it that the plan is to play both quarterbacks. No, the plan is to have the quarterback who's playing win the game, who to execute the game plan to make the throws and stay in the game. And B. If he really thought I'm going to use Beth Kibbe's, that means he thought Zappy would struggle to go back to Mac Jones. He would never tell the, the a reporter in the middle of a game. That was just shocking. I don't think Aikman and uh, I don't think Aikman and Buck appreciated the the, the just the, the insanity of that statement. Didn't happen. He said after the game, yeah, he was going to go back to Mac Jones, but the score got out of hand. But so- the plan. Beginning the game was to play both quarterbacks. What is this? A high school where you wanted to reward some senior? This is the NFL. If the quarterback who starts is winning and doing what you want him to do, you don't change quarterbacks. Of course you change for performance reasons, but whatever Belichick will be asked about that, I guess maybe not. And he will, uh, he'll just take a so Bill, piss all of the media as he usually does and we'll get no answers but that is a bizarre yeah. report a bizarre answer especially because bill belichick doesn't speak after they win in a blowout so at halftime when he's losing he's going to go tell you all his information and give you a yeah. full interview yeah. it was the plan all along to play both quarterback what yeah actually here's my number let's get <laughs> breakfast tomorrow and i'll both explain more. quarterback nobody does that and if they do it they do it because the guy who's in there sucks or gets hurt Right. You don't have both quarterbacks play if things are going well. Anyway, we'll see if he, he uh, explains himself uh, as the week progresses as they prepare for the Jets. But it is – if they lose to New York and they fall farther out of the race, Dolva. it is going to get really ugly. People are going to give up on the playoffs and, and look forward to the draft and say, do they need to draft another quarterback? I don't know. We have plenty of time. They're three and – what are they? Three and four? Three and four. Three and five. Three and five. Right? Three and five. Nine more games? Nine more games, I believe. Yeah, this is week eight. Is that right? Three and four. They were... Wait, that doesn't... I thought they were three and four going into yesterday. Oh, no, they were three and three. Shut up. You can't even read the standings. No, I can't, but we were talking about them... Being three okay, and four. Ten more games. Yes, ten more games. They have plenty of time to see what they got at quarterback. It'll be fun. It'll be fascinating. And occasionally it'll be shocking. That's why that's why the NFL is so great. It was alarming though, once <laughs> Bailey Zappi's first drive, he brings it all the way to the house. I was like, I mean, oh, it no. was it was something, man. And you know, obviously obviously everyone talks about Brady, but you know, forget Brady aside, that's how you win the job. You go out there and you make the throws. He's not competing against, you know, Aaron Rodgers. He's competing against Mac Jones. He's going to have his chance to win the 
win the job, I think. And uh, I think he's going to have the, the next chance. But I will, you know, could be wrong. I probably am. But we will see. That was that was a fun, in, in a way, it was a fun game because it was so friggin' shocking. But we'll leave it there. We'll see what happens Sunday. I'm picking the Patriots. Just so you know, I'm getting out ahead of it. I'm picking the Patriots because uh, that can't happen two weeks in a row. But I've been very, very wrong before. We will leave it there tonight. The big debate, Fetterman, Uncle Festerman against Dr. Oz. God, I hope they just let it go. I hope the media, the moderators don't get in the way. I hope the crowd doesn't get in the way. I hope there's no technical troubles with his computer so this brain-dead candidate can actually read the questions and try to articulate answers. That will be while We'll recap it tomorrow, and uh, we'll have all the latest. But we will leave it there for today. Thanks to everyone for watching and listening and commenting Thank you, Ironhead. I'm Jerry Callahan. This is The Callahan Show, and we'll do it again tomorrow. Here tonight, shaking my head and thinking something ain't right. Is it just me? Am I losing my mind? Am I standing on the edge of the end of time? Am I the only one? Tell me I'm not. Like the show? Leave a five-star review on Apple and Spotify. Finding suitable mental health medications can be a challenge. The GeneSight test may help. Did you know that genetics can play an important role in gaining insight on how a person may respond to various medications? Understanding this may help reduce medication trial and error. GeneSight is a genetic test that analyzes variations in DNA. It shows how genes may affect someone's metabolism or response to medications commonly prescribed to treat depression, anxiety, and other mental health conditions. Visit GeneSight.com for more information.